not going to get anywhere near infinity, no matter how big the beach is. The thing about infinity is it just keeps going on and on. It is hundreds of millions of billions of trillions, times hundreds of millions of billions and trillions, and that doesn't begin to approach infinity. In my other life, I'm a computer programmer, and I know what happens when the most capable computing equipment happens to encounter infinity because of a programming mistake. Not mine. Someone else's. Despite the ability to literally perform millions of operations every single second, eventually the largest server will crash, trust me, under the weight of doing the simplest task an infinite number of times. As incomprehensible for us as infinity is, Scripture nonetheless promises that the infinite God of the universe is going to reveal His infinite grace towards each of us because of His kindness. Now, because that grace is infinite, He's going to need a long time to do it. Right? That's the point of infinity. So He's planning to reveal His kindness towards us for all eternity. We will live forever by grace. Last week, we began a four-part series on living by grace. It covers Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. We celebrated how God raised us up from the walking death of our sin and brought us into eternal glorious life through faith in Jesus Christ. Now, we never ever deserve this gift. But God's grace is given to everyone who puts their faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior because of his sacrifice on the cross. And so last week we, we looked at our past when we were raised by, by faith, by salvation, by grace. Today we are looking at our present and our future. And it's based on what Paul reveals to us in verses 6 and 7. Now because it's bad form to read half of a sentence... I'm actually going to take us back for context and also read verses 4 and 5. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. The truths contained in these two verses are incredible to consider because they go so far beyond our experience of everyday life. We get so easily caught up in what we see and our situation, whether it's good or whether it's bad, whether you know, whatever's going on, and that we don't think in these terms, but they are describing reality, our exalted present, and our glorious future in Christ. And so just as last week's passage revealed that we live by grace, today's passage is making clear that through God's kindness, we live by grace today and forever. Through God's kindness, we live by grace today and forever forever. Now with regard to today, God's kindness enables us to live by grace every single day. 
Now, verse 5 is very exciting. It explained to us that we were made alive with Jesus Christ. But, but verse 6 says, but wait, there's more. Now, if you were to turn back to Ephesians chapter 1, verses 20 and 21, you're going to see what God did for Jesus to reveal his power, how he raised Jesus, how he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. God raised Jesus and seated him at his right hand. Okay, good. But verse 6 is giving us the mind-boggling truth that we've also been raised by God and seated with him that God raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And note that verb tense there. We've already been raised and seated in the heavenly places if we have put our faith in Jesus Christ. Now right now we're all sitting here in this church But at the same time, in some way that we don't fully understand, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you are also seated right now with Jesus Christ. This is the present exalted status of every single Christ follower. Because if you are seated with a ruler, you are sharing in the status and the honors and the benefits and the privileges and even to some degree the authority of that ruler. This is what James is talking about in James 1.9 when he writes, let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation. No matter what our circumstances are, no matter our present situation, whether we are rich or poor, sick or healthy, popular or lonely, young or old, overworked or unemployed, CEO or minimum wage worker, whether we are here or whether we are laboring, under Sharia law, we, are, we have a true status that transcends all that, that says that we are seated with Jesus Christ in the heavenly realms. As believers in Jesus Christ, we are exalted and honored. Now that's not always how we feel, is it? Because the world sometimes including our closest friends and family, will we'll try to run us down. We'll say we're defective in various ways. We're too tall, we're too short, we're too fat, we're too thin, we're too rich, we're too poor, we're too smart, we're too dumb, we're too weird, we're too boring, whatever it is. There's always something. We do it to ourselves. We, we dwell on and reflect on and internalize our failures, our mistakes, our, our guilt, our shame and we let those things define us. But if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, verse 6 rings loud and clear. Those things do not define who we are because we sit with the king of the universe. We are exalted and honored, exactly as James said. Do we deserve to be? Of course not. Absolutely not. But by grace we have been saved. By grace we have been exalted. We are exalted because God is kind. But the point is, we are exalted. 
Now, this is a truth that should certainly comfort us in difficult times when we are not feeling very exalted at all. But more than that, I think it provides a key for how to live a life that reflects on a daily basis the grace that we've received from God. Because what it says is that, that even in our extremely status-conscious society, and let's face it, right, whether you're, whether you're going through middle school or, or the workplace or, or you know, battling for, for status in the PTA, whatever it is, right, we are in a status-conscious society. People are always trying to measure you by your car, your 401k, whatever. The point is, we don't have to find our value and our purpose in endlessly striving to accomplish more status in this life. This life is temporary. As 1 John 4, 4 reminds us, he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So no matter how much status and or how many awards we could win in this world, or, or how little, how lowly our status is, nothing we could gain will ever compare with the status we already have in Jesus Christ, with whom we sit in heaven. This should set us free. This should set us free from the temptation to compromise ourselves, compromise our integrity, our family, our walk, our health for the sake of a achieving more status in this life. This should free us to set down our earthly status, to set aside everything that society tells us is important and valuable and simply focus on serving God faithfully in whatever capacity we've been called. This is the testimony we have already heard today. Our exalted status in Christ means that we can willingly exit the rat race of life. We can get off the gerbil wheel of temporary accomplishment in order to carry out the work that God has given us to do, even when that work is humble, anonymous, dangerous, and produces very little financial reward. This is the power of living by grace every single day. But more than just today, this passage speaks to the future. So with regard to forever, God's kindness ensures we'll live by grace forever. You see, verse 5 talked about our past, right? Our salvation experience. Verse 6 talks about our glorious present. But verse 7 is describing our incredible future in Jesus Christ. Paul explains we have been raised up just as Jesus was raised up. We are seated in heaven with Christ, but that it was done for a purpose. Right? That's where the so that comes in in Scripture. It was done for a purpose, for God to show us something forever. Paul says what it is. He says that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. What is God going to show to us every day for millions and billions and trillions of years? His grace. Infinite, that's what immeasurable means, infinite grace, marvelous, never-ending grace, unearned, unmerited, undeserved, love for us. Turns out His grace is not just a one-time deal that gets us saved. What verse 7 says is that God's grace is an ongoing provision for our lives, now and into eternity, 
out of his infinite storehouse of kindness and mercy and love for us. This verse gives us a little tiny glimpse into our eternal future in heaven. It's not got a lot of detail here, but it's giving us a hint of the future. And I think think too many Christians are actually afraid of heaven. We won't admit it, but we're afraid of it. That's why we tend to be very focused on this life. I think we've been affected by cartoons that portray heaven as being a boring place where we strum harps or get stuck sitting in church forever. But those are false images of the joy that God has in store for those who trust in Jesus Christ. So while there aren't a lot of specifics in verse 7, it is making clear that heaven is going to be day after day of God demonstrating his enormous kindness toward us. And we will have the joy of watching his immeasurable, infinite grace unfold for millions and billions and trillions of days and weeks and months and years without end. And when you realize that grace is, by definition, the gift we don't deserve, then when verse 7 speaks of God raising us in order to show the immeasurable riches of His grace in kindness toward us, it's saying that in ways that we can't really even understand until we're there, every day in heaven is going to be a little bit like the excitement you have on Christmas morning. We're going to be saying, what is God going to reveal today about himself out of his kindness? Every day is going to be a little bit like Christmas morning, but the gifts of God never wear out. They always fit. They never need to be returned. That's our glorious future. That's what we will see through the kindness and grace of God. But this understanding of the future needs to alter the way we live today because we are... We are called to live by grace. And we see this eternity of grace that lies before us in the kindness of God. And this richer, more full-bodied understanding of God's grace should help us appreciate just how temporary our current situation is. Right? Whether we are, are living large at the great life, or we are struggling in a difficult life, or we are in a in a a world that's almost incomprehensible to our first world comforts. It is temporary. Whatever our circumstances are today, tomorrow, good or bad, fortunate or unfortunate, healthy or chronically ill, wealthy or terribly poor, they are temporary. Whether we have one more day or a hundred more years to live this life, it is temporary compared to infinity. All of our circumstances end in exactly the same place for those who trust in Jesus Christ. They end in heaven, in eternity, in the presence of the kind and loving God who has raised us up to reveal his his grace to us forever. That's what's permanent. The riches of God's grace given to each of us who are in Christ Jesus because of God's infinite kindness. Now, if you take verses 5, 6, and 7 together, what you see is they describe three actions by God towards believers in Jesus Christ, towards every single person who believes in Christ. So if you are in Christ, then God has made you alive. That's your past. He has raised you up. That's your present. And He will reveal His infinite grace and kindness towards you. That's your future in Christ Jesus. This is not how we naturally think. This is 
a lot to digest. And so I want to urge you to use your quiet time this week, your devotional time, your prayer time, your scripture reading time, really contemplate your status, your identity, your past, your present, your future in Jesus Christ. And then to embrace the challenge of figuring out how to truly live in light of that grace every single day. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, this is just almost unbelievable to consider. What you have done for us, what you are doing for us, what you will do for us forever. This idea of grace is just so foreign to us, Lord. Help us to truly understand how you see us, what our status is. Right now, even this moment, if we are a believer in Jesus Christ, we are seated in the heavenly realm. We have an exalted status. Let us celebrate that and let us live in light of that. Lord, the future you have for us, the eternal future you have for us is so amazing. Lord, help us to understand the temporary nature of this life and use it most effectively for your glory. Lord, this message is so good, we cannot and should not hold it only within ourselves, Lord. I pray that you will build within us a fire to share this glorious good news with all whom we encounter. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. It's time now to respond to all the things you've heard from This morning, what God has been laying on your heart through testimony, through song, through prayer, through His Word. And if you haven't yet trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then realize that God is offering you His grace and His kindness right now. It's kind of like a Christmas present that's wrapped and waiting under the tree and it's got your name on it. But it's like any other present. You've got to accept it. You've got to pick it up. You've got to open the box. So I urge you to make that choice today if you haven't. To, to embrace the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and accept God's grace for yourself. It will redefine your past, your present, and your future because of God's kindness. So if you're ready to make that decision or if you have done so recently, then as we start singing in just a moment, I want to invite you to come to the front. Talk with Pastor Neil. Now, if you're already a believer in Jesus Christ, but you're not yet a member of our community of faith, I want to invite you to consider whether God is calling you to be a part of this family. We have a lot of work to do to proclaim and demonstrate, right? Not just proclaim it, but demonstrate God's grace through Jesus Christ in this community around us. We would love to have you commit to being a part of Christ's movement here in Lincoln. So once again, I would invite you to come forward as well when we sing. And for everyone else, the challenge is just to absorb these truths. The more we think about them, the more exciting and glorious they are. These realities about our present and our future. To help us realize that so often the world is lying to us about who we are and and who we're going to become pray that we would just realize God's truth. It's beautiful, it's glorious, and it is certain that we have each been raised up and seated with Jesus Christ himself in the heavenly realm to experience God's kindness and grace for all eternity.